This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. Good afternoon. Welcome six minutes after four o'clock on a Sunday. Good to have you along here. Lior is standing by to answer all the questions via the phone line. How do you do that? Real simple. 604-280-9898. 604-280-9898. We are live. We are uh, ready to do this this afternoon, so don't be bashful with your employment law questions, whether it has something to do with COVID-19 or anything of that uh, particular nature or anything else. Call through. The only way to get answers uh, right away is making that phone call, 604-280-9898, reaching out otherwise, which we're going to concentrate a lot on today. And that would be cleaning out the old inbox of all the emails we get here weekly. It is help at employmentlawyer.ca, help at employmentlawyer.ca, and the website you can go to anytime free, anonymous, a wealth of employment law information for you called pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. But either way, we start every show with the week that was. What's going on, Pally? Hey, Johnny. Always great uh, great to be here on the Sunday afternoon to yeah. talk about what we all like to talk about, employment law. Well, at least I like to talk about it. So I, <laughs> I can't assume, uh, but it's an important topic. You know, let's agree to that. It is a, a very vital topic, especially these days, workplace rights, employment law, anything to do with your job, your job security. Those are things you need to know about, and it's not easy to get this information. It's not easy to find out your rights if you just go on Google. There's a lot of misinformation. So to kind of you know get through all those weeds and, and to tell you what you need to know, that's what this show is about. So if you're facing a, a situation that's raising some questions in your mind, now is the time to ask them. Maybe you, you're waiting to go back to work. You've been on a layoff for a while, and you want to know what, what gives and how long you have to wait ask. Maybe your boss told you, well, things have to change. Maybe it's COVID-19 related or not. Vaccines, and gosh, getting a lot of questions about vaccines and workplace. Whatever you need to ask about your rights, now is the time. Take advantage of that. And of course, we can continue that discussion if you want privately. We'll get you that contact information if you feel like reaching out to me off air. Perfectly fine way to do it. Uh, But to get us started, John, as you said, a couple situations that came across my desk. Uh, I spoke uh, actually Monday of last week with a lady who had said that uh, she was let go and she was offered $10,000 and asked to sign a release document. And really, the, her question to me was simple. Was like, can, what, can you explain to me, Lior, in layman's term, what does this release document mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to know, you know if it's okay to just sign it so I can get my $10,000. So, wait a second. I told her, well, not so fast. You know, we're, we're putting the cart before the horse. Let's f- talk first about the $10,000 because you shouldn't be signing anything if you're owed more than that. So, I asked her some questions. Now, this lady uh, had been with her employer for about 11 years. She was 51 years old, making $75,000, a nice salary, of course. And I assessed her as being owed 12 months pay. That's $75,000. She was offered 10. So what I said to her is, that's our issue here. The issue is not what that release document says. We're not even going to talk about that right now. The issue is that you're not owed 10000 You're owed $75,000. That's what the law says your employer must yep. pay you. She had no idea. She was 
completely shocked. She thought the ten thousand dollars was appropriate. She thought it was absolutely fine, uh, and and didn't think anything of it. She just wanted to make sure that the release was okay. So this was such a classic example of questions that I get often, all the time. Oftentimes people ask me the wrong question, not because you know for, for no other reason other than they just don't know any better. So. Again, I'm I'm telling you this story. This is not a unique story. We've had stories like this before on the show, but just an important reminder, especially these days. If you lost your job, let's talk about what you're owed. I get oftentimes people ask me, well, they wanted to pay it to me as a lump sum, as a personal salary continuance, or vice versa. And I said, well, wait a second. Again, that's step two. Let's talk about how much you're owed. That's always the first question. Is your employer offering you what you're owed? In most cases, the answer is no. If you lost your job or losing your job on a layoff, not being called back to work, let's talk about what you're owed. You'll find out it's probably going to be a lot more than what you realize. By the way, to reach out to Lior and his team when we're not doing this uh, particular show on a Sunday afternoon, that's 604-283-3123. Use that number, help at employmentlawyer.ca. But here now, yeah, phone lines are open. you got just under an hour to, uh, to call through and ask some questions, 604-280-9898. What's the, uh, what's the second matter? Well, second matter, I uh, spoke with a, a gentleman. He had uh, spoken with his doctor, and doctor told him that for medical reasons, health reasons, not, not COVID-related, he needed some modified duties from his employer for an indeterminate amount of time. Uh, and he went with that doctor's note to, to his uh, employer and said, you know, employer, uh, I need some modified duties for a while. Hopefully, before too long, we'll be able to go back to the way things were. Employer said, okay, give me a couple of days. After a couple of days, he hears back from the employer, says, uh, we looked, we don't have any modified duties for you, so uh, just go off on uh, and apply for short-term disability. This gentleman called me and he wanted, his question actually to me was, uh, I just want to know what happens if I don't get approved for short-term disability. Yeah. But that's another one of those questions where I had to say, whoa, let's take a step back. We can talk about short-term disability in a second, but the real issue here or the first issue is, why isn't your employer accommodating you? Why isn't your employer providing you modified duties? Remember, an employer has a very strict obligation to provide modified duties, to accommodate an employee if they have health reasons. An employer can't just say, we don't want to, it's too hard, it's gonna you know, mess things up for us. No, that's not appropriate. So unless you know for a fact that the employer just has no way to accommodate you, don't take the employer's word for it. They have to try, they have to make all efforts. And if they don't, that's a human rights violation. So I'm working with this gentleman right now to make sure that we put the pressure on the employer to accommodate as they have to. Now, ultimately, if he, if he can't be accommodated by the employer, he has to apply for short-term disability. If he gets denied, I'll help him with that. But anytime you need accommodation, remember the employer has to make the efforts to accommodate you. If they don't, that's illegal. If they don't try, that's a human rights violation. You want to call me right away if that happens. Again, here and now, 604-280-9898 is the way to call through, ask your questions. Like we said, about uh, you have questions about going back to work, heading back after COVID-19, questions about the vaccine. I mean, bring them on. If you have any questions, that's why we answer them here during this hour on a Sunday. That uh, that threshold for accommodation is really pretty high, and it gets higher and more in-depth, I guess, as, as bigger and the more resources the company has, right? 
Absolutely. If you're working for a major company with a lot of employees and different roles and you know different uh, departments, etc., then it's going to be very difficult for a company to say, oh gosh, we just don't have anything for you, right? That company in almost all situations is going to have to accommodate you. Now, obviously, if you're working for a tiny company, you're one of two employees, that company may have more limited options. They still have to try and they still have to make all possible efforts, but you know we may not be able to be accommodated there. But either way, the threshold, as you said, is very high. We call this accommodation to the point of undue hardship, meaning even if it's hard, even if it's difficult, the employer still has to do it. So uh, many, many cases, John, I've seen literally hundreds of cases over the years where the company said, no, we can't way before they should when that was not justified. And as I said, that's a human rights violation. 604-280-9898 is the number to call through. Let's get to a quick email before we take our first break. Paul writes in, says, Lior, my boss just told me that I, oh, here we go, I have to get a vaccine in the next two weeks or I'm out of a job. Is this legal? John, I've been getting a lot of questions like that over the past you know, month or so. As, as more and more people get vaccinated, we see more and more employers putting pressure uh, on employees. So let's be very clear. Despite what we may be hearing south of the border, here in Canada, it's not something that's legal. An employer cannot force you to get vaccinated. Now, listen, there's many good reasons as to why you should be vaccinated, but ultimately it is your decision and the employer cannot make that for you, certainly in most cases. If you're in elderly care or in the hospital, there may be more flexibility there for the employer. In most other situations, it's up to you and your employer can't penalize you, lay you off, let you go, threaten you, really do anything to you if you choose not to be vaccinated. If you find yourself in that situation, like many people are these days, you want to reach out to me so we can talk how to deal with your employer. And thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. It is uh, 418 on a Sunday. Love having you on the air. It's uh, 604-280-9898. The email address would be help at employmentlawyer.ca. As always, our listeners are callers. Top priority in that regard. Uh, Doug, thanks for standing by for a moment. Good afternoon. How are you? Afternoon. Not bad. A little wet out there today. Yeah, yeah. What's uh, what's going on with you, pal? What's your question? Uh, it's for my daughter. She's um, She was employed at a local dairy farm as a uh, farm employee. And I guess with seasonal layoffs and whatnot, um, she was laid off last year. And uh, subsequently, she hasn't been rehired. They um, have let her go, basically, I guess. Did not rehire anybody back to the farm. Uh, Just wondering if she had any recourse going forward or if that's that's the question. How long has she worked there for? Well, she worked there for well over, yeah, she was a whole year. They worked a year-round farmer's market. So so one year, and yep. so she was only laid off the one time, right? It was one season, essentially? Yeah, that's correct. Okay, and, and it wasn't a situation where they only hired her for the one season? From her perspective, they had hired her indefinitely? Uh, that's her understanding. That's what I get talking with her, yeah. So unless the, the her employer, the farm, can show that 
they only hired her uh, on uh, for a fixed duration, either through you know emails or an employment agreement that she signed. Then yes, they have okay. to pay her severance. So okay. your daughter's been there for, or worked there for a year. Uh, what kind of? Uh, how old is your daughter? She's twenty-one now. So she'd be looking at probably eight weeks' pay. Six to eight okay. weeks' pay is what they owe her. Okay. okay. So here's here's what I propose uh, we do. We have a, an absolutely tremendous uh, paralegal working at our office. Uh, her name is Courtney, so shout out to Courtney. Uh, have her call me the office, your daughter. I'll connect her with Courtney, and Courtney will be able to help her get that severance. I mean, it's it's two months potentially that she's owed. So yeah. uh, let's let's do that. Have her connect with me as soon as possible, and we'll help her. It'd be a shame to walk away from compensation she's legally owed. Yes, I agree. I agree. I just didn't know where we could go with this. So there you go. Okay, now you know where you're going. All right. Thank Thanks, you. Doug. Appreciate it, pal. You bet. Enjoy the rest of your uh, enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Here is that number for you to reach out. Simple. It's six zero four two eight three thirty one twenty three six zero four two eight three thirty one twenty three and help at employmentlawyer.ca. As I mentioned, we're uh, getting through a ton of emails on the show today and I uh, still got lots of time to call in like Doug did. No problem. Six zero four two eight zero nine eight nine eight would be the way. Let's get to Daryl's up next says I was just given a termination letter that offers me twelve weeks severance after four and a half years with the company. The HR manager says that if I hire a lawyer the company will feel that I am threatening it and will refuse to pay me the twelve weeks does it make sense to contact you in these circumstances? You know, John, I actually get that question quite often, and it's it's a situation where the company says, "Listen, we're, we're giving you a great offer, so you may as well take it." And oh, if you if you speak to a lawyer, that's just going to complicate things and it's going to ruin things. Well, the moment a company says that, that means you're going to go double time to to speak to me. You're going to go extra fast because. The moment the company says, oh, no, no, it's fine, don't speak to a lawyer, there's only one reason they would do that. Do that is they don't want you to speak to a lawyer. They don't want you to find out what you're legally owed. I'll put it differently. A company that actually treats its employees perfectly well in terms of severance, not only uh, would say you should see a lawyer, in many cases would say, we're actually going to give you whatever, a few hundred dollars to speak to a lawyer because we want you to be sure, to, to be convinced that this is all above board. A lot of employers do that, by the way, especially the kind of some of uh, the bigger employers. So if your employer is saying, no, no, don't speak to a lawyer, that's nonsense. They don't want you to find out what you're actually owed. Now, this person was offered 12 weeks, I think you said, after four and a half years. He's probably yep. owed six months pay, six months, okay? So that's, you know, that's more than double what his employers offered him. That's the reason why they don't want him to get advice. The good news is once I get involved or someone on my team, we resolve this quickly. Once the company knows crap, yeah, now he knows what he's owed. They'll pay what's owed. It's not a complicated process. So never be afraid of that process and never be intimidated by someone that says, no, no, it's better not to seek legal advice. That's nonsense. Want to grab another call? Got uh, got Mike on the line. Hi, Mike. Good afternoon. How are you? Hi there. What's going on? Um. I, I work a union job, and um, some 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 of our some some of our employees get uh, like a, a percentage in lieu of. And recently, they stopped paying us overtime because they say that that is covered by our percentage in overtime or in lieu of. Um, is that correct? 
like I thought there was a Canadian Labour Code or something that that said that we got paid overtime regardless of. Hello, Mike. You'd have to. Yeah, can you hear me, Mike? You'd have to yeah, speak yeah. with your union on this. Well, the union is, is the there, only one that Can, can, can advise you. Yeah, no, but isn't there like isn't there a Canadian labor laws like can 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 they be contravened by 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 union agreements? Yes. Oh, they can. They be. can. Oh, yes. Okay, thank you they very can. much. I appreciate yeah. so, that. So, yeah, no problem, Mike. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate the time and the uh, and the call. So there you go. Generally speaking, to, to Mike's point, um, as being a union member, you can't simply go out and hire yourself your own uh, employment lawyer like you. Correct. No, because you have a representative already, and that representative is the union, and you can't decide that you don't want the union, and the union can't decide not to represent you, that you can hire someone else. So unfortunately, pretty much everything we talk about on this show, on our TV shows, uh, really only applies to non-union employees. A unionized employee has different rights, and only the union is allowed to enforce those rights. Getting through some emails here the uh, this afternoon, help at employmentlawyer.ca. That is the address. Dana is up next. Says, hey, Lior, I've been off on stress leave for two months, but don't want to go back to work because I'm afraid of how I will be treated. What do I do? So, of course, an employee should not or does not have the obligation to work when they're being mistreated, harassed, bullied. We all have a right to a safe workplace. And when an employer does not provide a safe workplace, that's illegal. That could be uh, many things. It could be a human rights violation, potentially. It could be a constructive dismissal. It's inappropriate. The, The key here always is to be able to show it, to prove what actually is happening. So it's, you know, if it's just your word against someone else's, it could be more difficult. So I'm always asking, I would always ask someone, well, how do we prove it? Do we have any emails? Do we have any peoples that can corroborate what happened? Did you keep contemporaneous notes? How do we establish it? And, you know, if, if the answer is I have nothing to prove it, then it's not a big deal. What I say is, why don't we start now? Why don't we go back to work, do your job, and if something happens, if you're mistreated, if someone is bullying you, let's keep records at that point. Let's create an, a, a record, uh, an email trail, something to prove it. And oftentimes it doesn't take very long. So depending on, on you know whether or not this person can actually prove it, I may say to her, go back to work, okay? Uh, because we want to be able to get you compensation. If you simply decide not to go back to work and we can't prove the harassment and bullying, then we can't get your compensation. So maybe go back to work, let's, con- let's build the case. And that's always a good advice for you as well. If you're being mistreated and bullied, you wanna build the case. So someone, let's say, said something to you that's inappropriate, you know, again, uh, harassed you, bullied you, send an email to someone, to them, to someone else, explaining what happened, confirming what happened. Uh, jo- John, today you told me that uh, I did all these terrible things. I don't appreciate right. being spoken to that way. That, that An email like that works really, really well. Create that record. If you do, it's going to be very easy to prove that case. You have a right to a safe workplace. You have a right to a workplace free of harassment. If you find yourself bullied, let's build up that case so we can get you out of there with compensation. All right, welcome back, 433. Yet lots of time. That is the number. She is correct, 604-280-9898. To call here now on the radio station and ask your questions. Employment-related, severance-related, vaccine-related, COVID-related, layoff-related, doesn't matter. Bring it on. If you have questions, now would be the time 
to get some answers. And by the way, your question probably helping hundreds, if not thousands, of other people listening and, and wondering the same thing. It just may be too bashful to call. So go ahead and give us uh, give us a call. Get back to our emails because we're trying to clean some of these out that they uh, you know accumulate every week here as we uh, go in between shows Sunday to Sunday. Steve says uh, I've been working for my employer for the last five years. They just told me that my job will end in six months, but in the meantime, my hours will re, uh, be reduced from 40 to 30 a week. Can they do that? No, they, they can't because even if you get notice of, of termination, your company has to keep the terms of your employment the same, meaning uh, it's your uh, same hours, same pay, same uh, same terms of employment, benefits, etc., and if they don't, that's a constructive dismissal. So even though he had received notice of termination, he doesn't have to continue working. He can treat that reduction as a constructive dismissal and get his full severance. So for anyone out there that receives advance notice of termination, we're telling you, employee, that your employment ends in a month, two months, six months, whatever it is. During that period of time, the same rules as always apply. You're still expected, of course, to come into work and do your job as best as you can, of course. Your employer has to keep the terms of employment the same. They can't change anything in, a, in any significant way. It's a constructive dismissal. You can still be constructively dismissed after you've received notice of termination. Remember the general rule. If your employer makes a significant change, you have that choice. The choice is either to accept and continue working fine, or you can treat the change as a termination of your employment and require the company to pay you severance. Obviously, if you find yourself in a constructive dismissal situation, by now you know what to do. You reach out to me before you quit, before you leave. Very important to remember that. I guess, shouldn't you also, in some circumstances where you said, you know, you're going to be let go in six months and it's it's adios at that point, should you not take a step back, call you and saying, well, is six months adequate? Maybe they might, they might still owe me money after that point because my severance period would have been longer than that. Absolutely. So regardless of how much notice your employer gives you, the advance notice of termination, they may still owe you money on the back end. Now, depending on, on the amount of notice, an employer, the, the, uh, how, the amount of notice comes off the severance that they have to pay. So if an employer owes someone six, se- six months severance and they give them five months notice of termination, then they still have to pay them one month severance to make up for that difference. But in many cases, when an employee gets advance notice, they are still owed severance, even significant amount of severance. You may have gotten six months notice, but you could have been owed 24 months, which means the employer has to make up the difference, 18 months, by paying you out your severance. So please, please don't ever assume that just because you got a number of months notice of termination that you're not entitled to severance. In most cases, that's not going to be true. 604-280-9898, the number to call through and ask your questions. Just lining up a couple more calls here, and uh, we'll get to Ron's email in between that. says, "Uh, guys, I just came back from a disability leave. I got into a small accident at work. My company now says it doesn't believe that I'm healthy enough to work, even though I am. Is there anything that I can do? Well, your doctor is the only one that decides if you are healthy enough to work. It's not up to your employer. It's not up to you, the individual, by the way. It's up to your doctor. So if your employer says, no, no, you're, you're, we don't think you're fit, get a doctor's note or speak to your doctor. First of all, if the doctor says you're not fit, then you're not. But if the doctor says you are fit to return to work, 
get a note. They have to go with that note. They can't question it. They can't say that's wrong. We don't believe it. Uh, no, we'll, we'll get another opinion. None of that can your employer do. They have to follow what your doctor says. If they don't, well, that's potentially a human rights violation. That's a wrongful dismissal. You name it, it is that, it's wrong. So doctor is your best friend, whether you can or cannot work. We talked many times about getting a doctor's note if you cannot work. Well, same thing happens if you can and want to and your employer won't let you. Get that doctor's note, that's all you need. It protects you and it imposes an obligation on your employer. Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned that last part because I was just thinking with uh, Ron's email, usually it's the other way around. Usually the company is saying, you know, it's time for you to come back to work. You're like, no, I can't, and I'm, I'm not able yet. I'm not ready. No, no, you have to come back to work now. Same thing. It all depends on your medical team, and they have they have final say, right? Absolutely. The doctor, the doctor really is the only one that's in any position to make that determination. Your doctor knows you. Your doctor understands your medical condition. They're a, a medical professional. That's why that opinion is really all that you need and really all that matters, uh, whether you can can work or cannot work. So to be clear to return to work, your doctor, to take you off work, again, your doctor, to get modified duties, to be accommodated, your doctor. Your doctor decides that your employer has to follow it. Uh, it's probably one of the most powerful tools that you have as an employee is to get your employer to follow what your doctor says is needed. All these emails that we're reading, I want to send one along. If it doesn't get on air, that's okay. It still gets answered uh, by one of Lior's team. That is help at employmentlawyer.ca, the number uh, outside of the hour of the show, anytime, 604-283-3123. And uh, right here, right now, 604-280-9898. Just getting a call lined up here. When it goes green, we'll take you, we'll take you, Jim. Elizabeth is up next, says, I've had two surgeries over the past 10 months and had to miss work a, a few weeks each time. When I came back, my employer told me that I've exhausted all my leave days and I can't take any more time off. What happens if I need to miss more work for medical reasons? Well, remember what I said with respect to the previous email. The doctor decides, right? So if, if, if she has a doctor's note saying she needs to be off work, that's all that really matters. There's no time limit. It doesn't matter how many paid sick days her employer provides. Now, if she has 10 sick, paid sick days and she's going to be off for 20 days, that means she's not going to get paid for all the days off, but she's still allowed to be off. The employer doesn't get to decide how many times you're going to be sick or for how many days. Now, I guess nature decides that. And if your doctor says you cannot work, you cannot work. There's no time limit. Some people have to be off for weeks or months, even years sometime. Hopefully, it's not that serious. But if you have that doctor's note, your employer cannot do anything to you. So go back to the doctor. As I said, one of the most powerful tools you have. Get uh, Jim on the air. Hey, Jim, thank you for standing by. How are you this afternoon? Hi, good. good. Uh, good. Well, I've got a more of a COVID-related question. Yep. Um, I've been told uh, by the president of a club I belong to that I I can't join a, a club uh, bus trip across the line. Uh, well, when the borders uh, open up, that uh, I won't be able to join uh, this uh, uh, day trip uh, unless I've been uh, COVID vaccinated which I haven't been for religious reasons, but is that right that he can do that? So so who, are, who told you that you can't go on this trip? This uh, 
club president in a Zoom uh, meeting. So you're a member of a, of a club, uh, and that club is going to be taking a trip down to the U.S., and the club yeah. president said you can't go unless you've been vaccinated. Yes. So the only way that that would be legal is if being vaccinated would be a requirement on the U.S. side. If, you know, to, to get into the U.S. you have to be vaccinated, yeah. then, then sure. But if that's not a legal requirement, uh, and again, I, I don't know that it is, I don't believe that it is, but if that's not a legal requirement, then no, you cannot be forced to be vaccinated. Now, this obviously has nothing to do with employment law, but the, the rules still are the same that, you know, you can't be, quote unquote, discriminated against especially if you said there's religious reasons, but even without those, frankly, uh, and, and being forced to be vaccinated. So it's not legal. Uh, if you need to to deal with this, happy to have a chat with you off air and see how we can help. But no, they cannot do that, Jim. Welcome back. Still got some minutes. You want to make that phone call, call us now for the remainder of the show this afternoon as we are live, of course, 604-280-9898, help at employmentlawyer.ca is the email address we're referring to all uh, all show long, and that's the one you use if you want to reach out to Lior and his team as well. The website, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Use that absolutely free and anonymous. A lot of information, including the severance pay uh, calculator. Let's get to, uh, let's see, uh, Brady. Brady's next says, just curious if it's correct that I'm an independent contractor. How about this? I'm a truck driver and work for one logistics company, and they own the truck. John, I actually get questions like this, questions like this uh, from truck drivers very, very often. A lot of truck drivers are treated on paper as being independent contractors, but they're really employees. So, you know, you may be on the road right now in your truck listening to the radio and hearing our show. Uh, well, let me surprise you. Even though you may think you're a contractor, even though, by the way, you may own your truck, you're still likely an employee. So bottom line is this. If you work for one company and exclusively for them, you're an employee. It's as simple as that. I don't know that I can make it more simple. Even if you own your truck, certainly if you don't, but even if you own your truck, you are an employee. I know you probably don't believe me because you've been doing this for a while and you pay your taxes like a contractor and you signed a piece of paper that says you're a contractor. But the only one that can decide if you're a contractor or an employee is the law. I don't decide, you don't decide, the company or, or no piece of paper. So if you work for one company really exclusively for them, for in the mo- most cases, you're going to be an employee. That means a lot of things. That means, number one, you actually have certain rights to overtime and vacation pay and and statutory holiday pay. But it also means that if you are ever let go, you have a right to your full severance. That could be as much as 24 months pay. Many truck drivers that I've spoken with have driven for the same company for many years. You can absolutely be owed two years pay. So, yeah, for, for this person, that email that you read, John, he is an employee. If he works for one company and he owns his truck, he couldn't be more of an employee if he tried. Same with you out there. By the way, what I just said doesn't just apply to truck drivers. Really, it applies to anyone. If you have a job, if you work for a company exclusively for them, doesn't matter to me what you thought you were or what you signed. The law will determine that you are an employee in that situation, and you have all the rights of an employee because of it. 
What if the uh, you know somebody listening, a truck driver or otherwise, is going, yeah, but you know, I, either I, I have a written or a handshake agreement with the boss. It's like, oh, we'll treat you as a contractor. Okay, I'm good. You're good. Good. Let's roll. That's what they're going to think, right? They say, oh, what, Lior, we both agreed to it. Well, it's no. You can no more agree to it than you can agree to get paid less than minimum wage, right? Huh. Uh, you know, doesn't matter. You have a handshake deal. I'll pay you five bucks an hour. Oh, great, that's awesome. Well, you can't agree to that because there's laws that says you can't do that. Well, by the same token, there's laws that determine who's an employee and who's not, and what you believe or said or even thought that you were doesn't actually matter. If you look like an employee and act like one, then you are one. So that's why it's it's important to remember that many people sign 10-page documents that make it clear that they're not employees, they're contractors, they're consultants. Doesn't matter. If you have a regular job, if you work exclusively for one company, if you do what they tell you, they provide you the tools to do the job, you are their employee, regardless of any 10 or 20 or 50-page document you may have signed. Crystal, you're up next, says, I am a private school teacher and my contract gets renewed at the end of the school year. The school just changed ownership and I don't think they will renew my contract again. If that happens, can I get severance? Absolutely, yes. And uh, by the way, another common situations with uh, private schools. And, you know, many times you have teachers that sign a new contract every year. They come back in September. They do work to the toe you know, July, offer the summer back the next year. Well, just because you sign new contracts every year doesn't mean that you're on contract. Once you've signed more than, you know, two, certainly three of these contracts, you're considered to be a regular indefinite employee. So if your school, your employer decides not to renew, quote unquote, to essentially let you go, sure, they're allowed to do that, but they have to pay you your severance. And depending on the years that you've been there, again, as much as 24 months. So, no, the fact you've signed contracts doesn't change that. And, again, we talk, we're talking uh, in that email that we got about private school teachers. But the same applies to any job. Mm-hmm. If you're on a fixed-term contract and you sign more than two, so three or more contracts. So you've had a contract, it expired, you signed another one, it expired, signed another one. Well, now the law would consider you to be an indefinite regular employee. So after contract seven, whatever it is, if the company says, well, now contract just ended, you know, it's June and the contract is done, so goodbye. No, now they have to pay you severance because by then you're considered a regular employee. So don't assume that just because a contract ended that you're not owed severance. You may well be be owed severance. How about the case where someone signed maybe one or two contracts, but that was 15 years ago, and they just kept working after that? Yeah, well, if, if the contract expired, again, very common scenario. So you initially yep. signed a, a one-year contract. A contract ended uh, June 30th, and you continued working, and that's it, just continued. Well, that contract is long gone. It's irrelevant, which is fine, which means now you're a regular employee, on, under an oral employment agreement, and that means you have all the rights that the law provides. That's probably the best case scenario, the best situation yeah. for an employee. Remember, you don't want a written contract of employment if you're an employee. You want a handshake deal. You want an oral agreement. I know that sounds strange for a lawyer like myself to say, but that is the best way for an employee. Now, for an employer, if we talk about it from that perspective of the employer yeah no no an employer wants that employment agreement should insist on it 
But for an employee, a, an oral agreement, back of a napkin, handshake deal, email deal, that is 10 times, 100 times better than having a detailed employment agreement, which only benefits the employer. Let's get to Frank's email again, help at employmentlawyer.ca anytime. Frank says, I applied for a job and went through two interviews, after which I was offered the position. Two days before I was supposed to start, the HR manager called me and told me that they've uh, they've decided not to hire at all. I'm extremely upset and want to know if there's anything I can do. What a what a uh, uncomfortable and, and yeah. you know, sad situation, really. I mean, if if you're you had a job and you've relied on it and you you know you're starting in Monday and last nah, story, unfortunately, didn't pan out. We're not going to hire you after a while. Well, that's actually not legal if you can show that by accepting the offer, you, you gave up something. So for example, if he had another job and he quit that job, because, well, I have this other job, so I'm right. going to go work there. Well, he lost something. He lost a job, and he only lost it because they told him he had a job. Then he may be owed damages for the loss of the job that he had. Even if he had another job opportunity and he decided to take this one and, and just forego the other, well, that also means that uh, he's owed damages. If he relocated, you know, I don't know, uh, well, I'm going to do this job, so I need a new car. He bought a car because of it. You know what I mean? If you can show that because you were led to believe that you have a job, you've incurred financial losses, then that company, the one that didn't hire you, has to pay you damages. If there's no financial losses, it was just the you know the inconvenience of it, unfortunately, not much that you can do. But yes, that company, the one that didn't hire you, is liable for any financial losses that you've suffered. When we're not on air, by the way, reaching out, 604-283-3123 and pocketemploymentlawyer.ca as well. Helen says, my job title is sales manager, but I don't manage anyone. But my boss says that I don't qualify for overtime. Is that right? Well, it's interesting because there's an exemption for managers So, from when it comes to overtime. So if you're a manager, a true manager, then your employer doesn't have to pay you overtime. But... You know, a lot of employers say, ah, I know how to get around it. Let's just call people managers, even if they're not, and then we don't have to pay overtime. My God, are we smart. Well, no, it doesn't work that way either. If you're not, you're a manager in title only, but you don't have any managerial responsibilities, you don't manage people, you don't make decisions about the direction of the company, then you're not a manager, meaning you have to get paid overtime. The title doesn't matter. And by the way, it would work in reverse. Uh, if you don't have the title of a manager, but you perform managerial responsibilities, then you are manager. So the title really doesn't matter. The title is just something that you know is on a piece of paper. What matters is the reality on the ground. So if she's not a manager, she's owed overtime. And if her employer won't pay her overtime, she has to go either she can call me on, or she can go to the employment standards branch uh, for them to help her put, to get the overtime that she's owed. But don't let the company avoid paying you what they owe you by giving you a title that's actually not a reality or, or doesn't reflect what you really do. We'll get Phil's email in here finally before we go. This one's a beauty. It says, after my company let me go, I told them that I believe they owe me more severance. A day later, I received another termination letter saying that I'd be fired for cause with no severance. <laughs> what do I do now? My gosh. Fuck. You know, this... I see this happening in a situation where a company says, okay, we can let uh, Joe, Joe go and we only have to pay him eight weeks. And then they realize, holy cow, it's not eight weeks, it's 12 months. Let's find a way to try to avoid that. Let's just say we let him go for cause. Maybe then we don't have to pay him. No, it doesn't work that way. 
unless he did something terrible, then he can't be let go for cause and he's owed his full severance. Don't let a company try to bully you out of that severance. And, you know, the good news is if they didn't say uh, cause to begin with, there probably isn't cause. It's not like they forgot to do it. So, yeah, you got to call me. Let's have a chat and let me help you get the severance that you're owed. Good way to wrap it up this afternoon. Appreciate your calls and all of your emails. Excellent stuff. You want to reach out now that we are done here. Once again, is how you do it. 604-283-3123. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. Just employmentlawyer.ca, the website. That's where you'll find links to our TV show. And finally, the website you should go to first. It's like having an employment lawyer with you. 24-7 pocket employment lawyer.ca. We'll do it all again next weekend. Employment Law Show on CKNW. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.